For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Live from Estopan All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Well, welcome to the Bamos Morados Podcast. Brought to you by the state of Louisville.com. I took a week off. Zach and uh Zach and Becky held the fort down. It's probably our best episode yet because I wasn't around. Sound like you guys had fun, Zach. Yeah, it was it was very nice to get to talk to somebody new after two weeks. <laughs> Sat me on the bench, but I'm back now. Now you guys have to hear about me. But thankfully, we get to talk about all positive stuff. Because we had two Little City wins on a short week, which is always exciting. Always two wins, uh first in the division, tied for most points in the league overall. Um yeah, it's sitting pretty good this week. Yeah, not much to, to complain about, which is uh, pretty excellent. You know, always a little concerned when you have those short rest periods, but it, it worked out pretty well. I think this is kind of where we, our deep bench um, gets a chance to shine. We got some funky lineups that'll be fun to talk about. Um, and we're interesting. I think because of the short week. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we dive into it? First up was the, the uh, OKC Energy, which... If memory serves correct, we only played once before. It was in 2015. And we kicked win. The, yeah, we kicked the living hell out of them. So <laughs> I was kind of hoping we'd do it again. And um, we did enough. Wasn't a wasn't a six-two win, but it was a, it was a very respectable one. Uh, first thing I like to point out, I thought this is interesting, is that it was a, a matchup of purple versus pink. I don't know how often oh. that happens, but it felt pretty I, unique. I was hoping we'd get to talk about the uniforms because those Oklahoma City alternates were awesome. I thought they were pretty cool. I think maybe I heard talking that maybe they did not show up as well on TV as they did in person, but in person, those were some very sweet alternate kits. Yeah, they were. I mean, they're pretty gaudy, but I kind of like them because of that. Like, yeah, alternate kits should be gaudy. This has been my main complaint for the past forever with Louisville City's alternate kits is that all our alternates have tended to be quite boring and conservative and I don't think that's in the spirit of what an alternate kit should be yeah I don't mind when a team takes a risk and uh pink and green together that's that's a risk if I've ever seen one <laughs> oh yeah pretty wild but that was probably about the best thing that was going for the uh for the energy was their uh was their kits because I think we we handled them pretty nicely so what was it like? What ten minutes in the match took us to get to the first goal? Another early goal. I think it was fourteenth uh, minute. Yep, it's pretty Joe early. You'll go to Wes. I was, yeah, was going to mention kick. Well, uh, yeah, corner kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great, great placement on the kick by Jogo. Uh, he put the ball right where it needed to be, and and a solid finish from from Wes. Uh, I was going to mention just talk about lineups. Uh, Wes got to got the start at center back. Skip over that. We, I'm rusty. It's his, took one week off. His natural position, I think, and but one we've not seen him at much this year, just because of we've needed him out on the wing more. So I think he had a very good game at center back overall. Plus, it's always never hurts to get a goal. Mm-hmm. I love when the defenders score. Yeah. One other one other okay. thing I thought that was pretty cool about the lineup is. Uh, now I've got the captain's armband since uh, since Paulo didn't start the match. I love Niall, so I was happy for that. Yeah, I, you know, the, it's great to see Niall get the armband because he he's the last one left who's been here since year one and never left. That there are there are other players who were here in year one, but he's the only one who's been here every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his, and I hope he. Uh, Hope he f- completes his uh, his career here. But I guess time will well, tell I, that one. 
at, from the from the posts from all the new tech they have in the new trading room, it looks like they're preparing to keep him here for quite a long time because it looks like they were putting him in cryo freeze earlier this week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if I made that Austin online. Powers joke about freezing him for fifty years. <laughs> I looked for twenty solid minutes to try to find a Demolition Man gif, and <laughs> they I, that movie is apparently not as popular <laughs> as I hoped it was. I'm glad I'm not the only one that spends like far too much time looking for like a specific gif. And I just wanted Sylvester fails. Stallone naked, getting unfrozen in the future, and no one has that gif. You got to go create it then. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to the match. The one other thing that's pretty cool about it is that Jimmy uh, McLaughlin got a got a start. I don't think he started yet. He's come on a couple times late, but I don't think he he ever got a start. Am I wrong? <laughs> not positive on that i mean he's yeah he's i think he's only come on as as much as i can remember this season so i was excited for him and i kept i kept getting the ear of the people sitting with him like i really want jimmy to score i really want jimmy to score he didn't score this match we'll get to him scoring though but yeah oh boy did he score yeah Uh, my favorite but um anyway so west scored what like we said 14 minutes in um header that was his second of the season and his second career goal and like I said, I love when defenders score. It's always something different. That's their job on the corner kicks. They're they're big targets, so it's it's good to see good to see a plan come together. Yep. So that allowed us to sit uh, sit pretty for a bit on the in the first half. Um, kind of, I'm not gonna say like a lull in the match, but I don't think we had any like outstanding opportunities between then and the end of the half where the where the second goal happened. Now, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe on the second goal, it was initiated by a beautiful curling strike by, was it Tyler Gibson or was it actually it was Wes? It yeah. was a Gibson. I was going to, I was going to note that even though he didn't get the goal, that was a, a great shot from Gibson and it made the, it made the keeper work, which is why uh, the re- we got the rebounds. Oh, so. it was a, yeah. It was an awesome strike. If it wasn't so awesome, the keeper would have would have held it and, and Cam wouldn't have had an opportunity to jump on a rebound. But thankfully, since it was so hard, had that nice, nice curve to it, it bounced off the keeper and Cam did exactly what a striker should be. He was in the right place at the right time and took advantage of it. Yep. That's Cam is great at, at getting rebounds like that. It's one of his, one of his strengths, I think. And also I guess just to go back, Gibson's had a couple of those like really great strikes from deep. And I think, I think he's going to get one of those at some point this season. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's one of those players that's quietly good. He's not had a goal yet, but I think he does a lot of the right things and doesn't oh, yeah. always get the credit he should he, for it. He plays. Yeah. It, he, he plays a style of game that I think a lot of casual watchers of the game would barely notice him, but he has a big impact. He is, he, he really sets the tempo for the whole team as far as passing like up, uh, most of their passing runs through him. He, he, um, you know, he has good defensive positioning. He doesn't make a lot of flashy dis- defensive plays, but he's in a spot where he disrupts the other team a lot. And mm. yeah, I think he, I think he has had a very good season, especially last couple games. Um, yeah, th- he's really th- gelling with the rest of the team. Well, I think his stint with uh, Little City started off just a tad slow. Not like he was bad. It just wasn't maybe what what we thought was advertised. But I mean. Same thing for Corbin Bone, and and to be honest, it's pretty much going to be the same thing with any new signing. It just takes a little bit to to get adjusted to a new team, new players, new systems, and whatnot. But now that he's uh, now that he seems pretty fully integrated, he's he's been pretty outstanding. Yeah, I think his style specifically, like he really needs to be on the same page with pretty much everybody else on the team. So it just it took some time to really get those relationships built up, but it's really clicking now. I think. Yep. Yeah, I remember the same thing with with Bone last year, and look at him now. He's he's outstanding as well. Speaking of Corbin Bone. Corbin. The, goal, the third goal of the match, I think it was, what, 50-some-odd minutes into the match is in the second half. Um, he kind of worked it in the box, and I don't know if it's me. I felt like he had, like, like an hour to, to line up that shot. Like, they were just kind of – they were just kind of pretty – off defending him is pretty I don't I don't know how to best describe it but I feel yeah, like it was a, time to make that happen it was one of those where like he got the pass and then someone blew by him and someone else flew by him and then he had an opening and just placed it in the perfect spot 
Well, there's a defender there, but rather than like coming up on bone, he kind of like stood back with his arms back and like, he didn't like make himself bigger. He was just kind of waiting like, oh, I'm going to block off the side and the goalie will get the other. I don't know. It was, it was weird. If I was the defender, I probably would have came up on him, but yeah, if yeah, that was rec league, me in my rec league, I'm not a very good defender. So maybe he had a good reason for doing that, but worked out in, uh, worked out in bones favor. Yeah. And just like I said, absolutely perfectly placed. He hit it. I, I, Cause that was not, even though he had a little bit of time, that was not an easy finish and he just mm-hmm. put it exactly where it needed to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. It definitely took some skill, but it helped. I think that he had just a little bit more time than he probably should have. If I were yeah. the uh, coach of the energy, I would have been pretty pissed about that one. I guess. Speaking of having a little more time than you should have, the the goal that we conceded, I think probably that it was not nearly as dangerous dangerous of a position. But I, I think if we're looking at, you know, it, it was a pretty dominant win. But like a takeaway from this is, it, I feel like it was another goal we gave up where a player on the other team had a little bit too much space to work with and mm-hmm. and punished Louisville for now- it credit for them on that one is that shot was really well placed like it was exactly where it needed to be for Hubbard not to get it like just outside his fingertips and just the you know within the bounds of the goal so like I mean it helped that he had time well to line it, it up helps yeah. when you have time but and I guess credit to Oklahoma City it was a very nice passing sequence is how um oh what I'm gonna I am gonna mispronounce his name for sure Bjev Bjev oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the uh, top player uh the reason he was able to have a little bit of space is it was a very nice passing sequence. I was going to note, you know, uh, they played the ball in and Tosh came up to, to play the pass and slid over. And uh, uh, is it Jamie, Jamie Chavez was, who received it and did a real nice one touch over Odebijev. And since Tosh got pulled out for the pass and Gibson slid in to defend another player, he had just like a little bit of space before Bone was able to to get in there, and that's how he slipped the shot in. So it's a a good sequence, but also I, I guess you'd like to to see maybe a little tighter on the defense, yeah, uh, on uh, top of the box like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to give up a goal, like I yeah, guess it's all right. That's when how you're you up do it. Three nothing at that point would have been fun to have the clean sheet, but uh, yeah, learning moment. It'll give it, it probably give him something to talk about in the film room. So. And I think uh, at least I got the impression that um, I think Hubbard felt like he should have had that one because watching the replay, he got very close close. on on the save uh, and he looks a little frustrated with himself, I guess. Yeah. I, I wanted to mention just, uh, just in general, it seems like Hubbard has been in a little bit of a slump this season i think not playing up to his normal standard i I was gonna note that i guess 2019 he had an exceptionally great year um he was i I guess um goals added is a is a metric that looks at like in the position you're in for every play in the game like what an average player would do based on versus what you actually did and how, how that changes the percentage chance of scoring. So like for a goalkeeper, you could say like, if someone took a shot, took a shot that would be like a 30% chance of going in. If you save that, that's 0.3 goals, goals added for the keeper. So it's kind of like um, war and baseball saver metrics, the wins above replacement. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar metrics. So 2019, um, Hubbard was second in the league among goal, goalkeepers for, wow. for goals added. He had 5.18. And I think he didn't even, he shared starts with Ben Lunt that well, season. So not even I, on a full, full season. Well, I, I think he was number two and then Lunt got hurt like long-term. Yeah. If, I, if he closed out right. the season. Yeah. Uh, Lunt started the season. He finished the season. And um, I mean, Lunt was also top 10 in that. So just a good goalkeeping year all around for Louisville yeah. that season. But uh, this season, Right now, he's at negative 2.2. So he definitely has the ability to to be like a top keeper in the league. And I don't think we're in like Hubbard needs to lose the starting spot territory. It's, it's just, I just wanted to note that um, I, I think he's not playing up to his peak abilities so far this season. 
Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. I'll, I'll be transparent. There's one of my opportunities as a soccer fan is that I don't feel like I know how to assess goalkeeper as well, because yeah. it's easier to say, Oh, you should have gotten that. Like I have no idea. Yeah. What's like to be a goalkeeper and, well, and it's, and it's not just shot stopping too. Cause I, I think one of the things that was really nice about um, it, if you look at the breakdown for that 2019, you have like four, Four of those goals added were from shot stopping, but he had one goal added just with playing with his feet in the back. Yeah. Um, so, and and right now, both of those things are are sort of below below the levels from that previous season. So, I think I think we will we can we I think we'll see better from him moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely. Uh, I'm looking to see him rebound in that metric. Yep. Yep. Hopefully, but. Um... Some other things I want to mention about the energy match is that later in the match, we got to see the debut of Josh Widener, only 16 years old. He's the second Academy product to make it um, make a first team start following his brother. And as a huge fan of the Academy and the entire concept of that, I was, uh, I was pretty static and, and pumped to see him get to come out and, and make an appearance. And honestly, I thought he, I thought he did, did just fine. He's playing against a bunch of grown men as a 16 year old. I, I honestly, just I thought we were going to talk more about this appearance, but we'll have a lot more to talk about from him for the, in the next game. Um, I know it's like we want to yeah. just jump ahead, <laughs> jump ahead. <laughs> but uh, but so that was kind of the uh, that was our introduction to to Josh. So he got that you know got that check mark down first uh, first time on the pitch and and again like as a sixteen year old like yeah he held he held his own and it's fantastic. The sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I was I was fully prepared to talk about, you know, it's great to see him, great to see the young kids get minutes. And then <laughs> and then the next game he gets the start. So yeah. we have a lot more to discuss. Uh, as, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at that. Um, two other points I did want to bring up about that energy match is one that I thought was kind of like a tale of two halves. First half, like City just dominated the energy. And the second half, I feel like the energy kind of came back into things a little bit. I, you know, I guess... Um, some sort of tweaks to make themselves a little more competitive competitive but at that point the damage was kind of already done so yeah i think louisville tactically settled in to yeah. they, they were not attacking as much they were defending the league uh, yeah. defending the lead um because yeah. when they put they put winder in they didn't take off another defender so they they had like a five-man back line at that point yeah i mean if you look at like when the shots and stuff occurred for them like i put it in my my piece like there's you know two different two different graphics for the first and second half but you know we already got our lead so that was totally fine and i thought this was interesting is that i if i think this was the first match where we lost out on the possession battle and um and passing which again that's not really what determines wins but it's usually a statistic we pretty comfortably beat out the other team on and and even though most of the passing for okc was in their own half Still, uh, still an interesting fun fact. Not yeah, saying anything I think, negative happened there. Just how they play, I guess. I, I think a, a big part of that is because we had such a comfortable lead. We really were not pressing the issue in the in the second half, and that yeah. I think a lot of that possession probably, yeah. if you looked half by half, I think probably would have been tilted pretty heavy in Louisville's favor in the first half, and then Oklahoma City in the second half. Yeah, but I still thought it was interesting nonetheless, but. Um, that's all I had on the energy match. Did you have, did I miss any points? Is there anything else you want to bring up on that one? Um, no, that, 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 I guess we didn't mention expected goals, but it's the usual like 1.894.78 against that. They dominated in that like everything else. So yeah, it, just yeah, a solid game. Fell, on. Yeah. It fell in line with what you would have expected. Yeah. So now we get to talk about that one. That was even more fun. Atlanta United mm-hmm. junior. I just love making fun of the two teams. <laughs> Atlanta two nighted. <laughs> there you go. Like uh Tuanto, Tuanto, am I saying that right? I was, it's, funny see, it's funny seeing that written out. Toronto too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am I am very had that I'm very happy that a lot of the two teams have switched over to USL two, League Two. Yeah, or League One and League Two. Yeah, I'm gonna dunk on them if they have a, a two name. But if they have their own unique name like Loudon, like you know, props to them. Like they've earned a little bit of credit in my book. Rest in peace, Swope Park Rangers. Rest in peace, uh, Bethlehem and, Steel. Yeah, I was gonna mention them too. We have no culture. To 
to just pick up like a, a famed soccer historic name like that and then discard it several years later is a crime. Very historic. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. multiple U.S. Open Cup winner Bethlehem Steel. It's they'll be gone in a few years. We can stop bitching about them then. But for now, maybe we we'll get an actual another Bethlehem Steel at some point. Oh, that'd be the dream. So, all right, let's talk about the actual match. I don't know about you, but to be honest, I was a little disappointed that we didn't score in that first half. I felt like pretty much for the full match, we were pretty comfortably in the driver's seat. And to not go into the halftime with a lead was a little bit like it demoralizing, was, but I was like, come on, guys. Like It was giving me like panic. For, the end of the first half was giving me panic flashbacks to the last time they played at the United 2, and they dominated the whole game and then couldn't couldn't actually score a goal and lost one zero. I think that was so yeah, I think that was the longer it goes match. like the more tension there is with that where you you got the possession you're in the you're in the other team's box you're getting I think they had very very quality scoring chances in that first half they just yeah didn't happen the, to score on any of them yeah there are opportunities I think kind of early on I think it was I'm gonna be making up names here I think um Somebody sent a crossover to, I think it was like Nile or somebody going or to Cam, or it was Nile to Cam, I believe. And you know, Cam was kind of doing, trying to do a sliding kick at the far post and just barely missed making contact. Like that could have easily been a goal, you know, if it was his time right. But, you know, it just just didn't happen in that first half. And, and the JV Atlanta team got to probably had a little sigh of relief in the, in the locker room. Oh, yeah. They were, I think they definitely would have, were relieved after that first half to be even because it, Louisville should, I think, have had a, had a goal out of there. I wanted to mention, so Elijah got the start after having his first Josh. Uh, Sorry. Wrong, wrong Widener, brother. Oh, my goodness. So, so Fod Mob has him listed as Elijah. That's I was just reading off the screen. Wait, does it really? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't so, even yeah. looked at it yet. <laughs> the, the younger Widener. Uh, oh, my God, right? they do. He is 66, right? Yeah, he's 66. Okay, so they... Uh, weird. Um, we need to send a correction to FOTMOB. So Joshua Winder got the start. I'm going to angrily uh, tweet about this once we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that his number's right. I would have expected they just put the wrong player in yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought he looked very solid. Well, I guess I was going to mention, if you're going to... Give him his first start. Atlanta's probably the team to pick to, to do it against because just based on the last two matchups, the back line had very little work to do in both of those. Like if yeah, if we're gonna be, I mean, if we're gonna be picky about opponents, I probably would have maybe said somebody like a Memphis or KC two. But you know, it, it's it's again, it's a two team. I I think I Short just rests, have a little bit more respect yeah. for Atlanta because they did beat us and um, McFadden is kind of a stud. Yeah, but I I was gonna note. Um, he had a really good pass to uh, Lancaster in the first half that the lobbing I, one, right? The, that he lobbed over top, yes. placed it perfect. It was called offside. And then on the replay on the screen in the field, it was definitely not offside. And he could have probably had an assist there if they had not blown the whistle on that one. The, the, the vision, he's 16 years old. He did like a very Jogo-esque move. He took the ball, he saw space. He's like, screw it. And the just kind of yeah. took up, took up midfield. And then he just, lobbed it forward and like like if i had just like a fraction of that soccer iq we'd probably be top of the league in our old man league oh i mean <laughs> if any of us had a fraction of that <laughs> but like, again I said, the fact that I he's said, 16 years old and like that's that's what blows me away, away the most about that you would expect that from a from a wily veteran of the league but like first start too <laughs> like first yeah, yeah first start to have the great. confidence to to take space like that as a center back and move up the field. I mean, we see we see Tosh do that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess he's got he's got good people to learn from on the team. But yeah, it's you love to see that. To uh, to quote Jogo after the match, uh, Josh is going to be a superstar. I think his uh, I think his ceiling is higher than this league, and that's exactly what you want out of these academy products. Yep. And well, and from what I heard preseason. Um, Elijah, actual Elijah, not, not, uh, fought mob typo Elijah, <laughs> uh, 
was going to feature regularly in the squad this season oh they were was having a very good preseason until his injury and so they were ready to take advantage of him and i was very excited so it seems like both of the winder brothers are are expected to feature heavily for for the next little bit yeah that'll be great and i'm glad that we have a a young defender within our ranks because you know there'll be turnover eventually and it's nice to have uh, a young kid already getting more and more integrated with the system yeah so um so second half that's when that's when things start clicking i'm sure coach danny cruz had a uh, had a little bit of talking to in the team and uh in the locker room and they came out and the first goal was scored by napa which i believe is his first of the season and what i loved about that one particularly is a total team goal like a just full, a great like, passing string, sequence. yeah full yeah full string of passing sequences like everybody got involved on it started with Tyler Gibson kind of getting bullied, getting to play the advantage. Very, yeah. very good from Gibson to stay on his feet and keep that play alive rather than yep. just conceding the foul. Because that, that what that's what opened up everything else is. I, I think had he just gone down there, it's a not super dangerous free kick. Yeah, but by keeping that play alive, that he allowed them to get the advantage moving forward. Again, it's those little things that fly under the radar, like we were just saying before. So props to Tyler for, for helping keep that alive and help make that happen. And then stringed it together uh, uh, across a couple guys. It was like Paulo and then Kyle Gregg. Um, yeah, great little ping pong, one touch. Yeah, Paolo Gregg to Napo. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Napo buried it in the far corner and it's one nothing city, which bringing up Kyle Gregg makes me want to rewind a bit because we've got to talk about that Cam went down injured. and. Apparently it's not very pretty. So what I was told is that and kind of, I couldn't kind of fully see it from where I was sitting is that I guess in the box, he kind of got smacked in the face by one of the guy's arms or, or fist, whoever. And as he was going down, hit his head, like on the knee of the keeper. So, so cut I, him open. I watched the replay because in, in, in real time at the game, it just like he dove in there. He had a great shot that is a, Great save that probably is another one that should have been goal probably mm. in the first half. Yeah. Uh, and it on the replay, it it looks like somehow he he gets pushed as he's going for the header and falls down and hits the back. It looks like he get kicked in the back of the head by the keeper. Yeah, it's like a near foot or something head. Yeah, up, I, but like in the replay, it looks like it's it's the tip of his boot. But yeah, it's so it opened um, up the it, back of his head. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think it's great because then, you know, he played a little bit, then kind of like went down a little bit later after that. And that was him kind of like tapping out. So, well, and we should note it's only a couple weeks back from missing some time for a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so that was scary. I think he's probably out at least one match. So we'll have to wait and see. So wishing him a speedy recovery because that's, you know, you don't like to see guys rack up concussions like that. No, yeah. So I was I was very glad to see him subbed out before the half was over after after seeing yeah, just knowing you know what sort of injuries he's coming off of and, and yeah. seeing that play. I yeah. Yeah, he's he's the one that went down and pretty much like I'm I'm done. I can't yeah, can't keep going. So we got him reprieve. But you know, again, we have a starting caliber backup. How spoiled are we? Kyle Greg's uh, great. Are, he's, he's our backup. We are deep. I mean, a lot of places this season, but yeah, it's up top between him and Greg. You're not really worried if one or the other one is in. That's yep. It's a super, yeah, super good rotation up top. Love the depth. So, all right, fast forwarding back to where we were. You know, Napo scores, um, which was good to see him score. I love just the full team sequence of it. It was just beautiful great strike i just fully appreciated that and then and then jimmy mclaughlin happened i kept complaining to the people i was sitting with I'm like i want jimmy to score i want jimmy to score and boy did he score i lost my mind i like dropped my phone and stuff An he set that rocket, rocket. <laughs> like oh my god i was outstanding I loved it. It was beautiful. And for a second, I was a little worried. Like when I hit the crossbar, it was going to be one of those like BS shots that like bounces like right outside the goal and doesn't actually go in. But like 
physics played out in our favor is hit just at the right angle just you the i think one of the most satisfying goals to see in soccer the ones that hit the crossbar and bounce into the ground and up into the top net they have so much on them uh it's just just perfect the absolute perfect placement um and he's shooting across his body too so Mm. to even get that much on that is is tough Um, and he did like a stutter juke move to kind of get around one of the guys because he could probably could have probably taken the shot before he did that sequence but he went to put himself i guess in a better spot yeah it's fun to watch i was worried for a second that he passed up the opportunity on the first one i thought he did like one juke too many and then i was very wrong on that. <laughs> that's the reason he's out there playing and we're uh we're playing on monday nights <laughs> but i that what a great way for him to get his first goal wearing purple and uh He's probably he's probably got one of the uh, one of the top celebrations of the uh, of the year thus far because our team's kind of slacking in that front. If I have to be real critical about the team, it was kind of fun seeing he threw his shirt over his face and started running around like a madman, and then he did the uh, the the Ronaldo like spin around the see that celebration. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of doing just like other people's celebrations. It was okay. It's, I think we still got a lot of room in the celebration department. I want to see some have, bad. Oh, I dances. agree. I, I want to see, I want to see some just terrible dances. That's, that's the way. Yeah. The bar, the bar is pretty low right now. I loved, uh, I love Jogo's uh, meditation thing, even though it like, like you're just complaining. It's a, it is, it is a copycat of another goal or another goal celebrator. Yeah. But I appreciate it. And I appreciate the, the CR seven jam 20 is <laughs> a uh, spin around thing. But anyway, so he scored and all was well in the world because it sent the, sent the crowd in the pandemonium, and I'm just still reeling from that one. Obsessed with it. Good job, Jimothy. Yeah. That was so, a world out. So, um, I don't have any other outstanding moments from the match that are jumping to mind. Um, we kind of talked about I was very pleased with Josh's start. Like, he just – he looked like he belonged out there. And, again, as a kid so young to, to look like that, that's super promising. And I felt like all around it was a pretty authoritative win. Yeah, I don't we got feel to like see... – I guess the only other note I had is we got to see other Jogo. Um, oh yeah, I yeah see. at the at the end there. Uh, I take Jorge one week Gonzalez. off and I'm so rusty. Yeah, Jorge Gonzalez got in there. He's he's had a lot of injury setbacks. Yeah, and that sucks he's, for at, him. he's at injury trouble. I think it's not the first time we've seen him, but it's the first time we've seen him in a while. I think. Yeah, he, he came on and then he, he got played like think, three minutes earlier in the season. But yeah, I, th- I think it was one of those appearances. He kind of re-aggravated injury or some practice. I don't remember, yeah. but he's had a he's had a rough go at it. So it was excited. I was glad to see, that glad to see uh, it looks like he's it. he's healthy. He got some minutes. Yeah. Um, it's my understanding the club is very excited about him. So once he kind of gets, you know, full steam ahead, he, you know, he could be a real role player. If not, he a on, he on from the Timbers. Is that correct? Yep. The Timbers. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to note, so we made six substitutions this game. Is that because was the Lancaster substitution free because of the head injury? Maybe, or maybe I, US I it was, isn't counting. They're like, just do what you want, guys. <laughs> I thought it was five. It's, I just wanted to note that. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was know. five. But in all um, seriousness, I think they do allow one for head. So maybe that's why yeah, we were so able I, to finish. I was wondering that. if the... Because I think they have a special rule for head injuries. So I, I wonder if the Kyle Gregg substitution was a free yeah. sub and, and then they made five in the, but it, it's good to see that we have the depth to be able to make six substitutions and still have a quality lineup at the, on the field at the end of the game. I mean, that's been one of our keys to success is that we've, we've for the most part always had depth and that's a key to this league. And, and a lot of these teams just, don't forever. I feel like we really that. loaded up for the open cup this year, and now that there's not an open cup, we're just super deep. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss the open cup, kind of. I do too. The open cup's fun. It is fun. It's got problems, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I wish it were run well, but it's a fun, it's a fun idea. And yeah. domestic cups. I'm a big fan of domestic cups just in general. So oh, I yeah, I agree with you. I just US soccer just doesn't really impress me. Yeah, it would be nice if it was a tournament they cared about. Like, let's just have, like, one within the USL ranks. Like, screw the Open Cup. Let the USL I, run one. I, I feel like we're getting close to having a USL Cup. Uh, it yeah. seems like they're building towards that with the other leagues oh. and everything. I'd honestly be kind of shocked if it doesn't happen in the next few years. Yeah. 
like I don't know. So anyway, um, so short week, but we were continuing to rack up the wins. We utilized our depth. Um, there's way more positives than negatives. So yep. as a fan, I'm a pretty happy camper. Well, and I, I, my hope going into the week was I wanted to see the defense get rolling and we gave up one goal in the first game, no goals in the second game. So it seems like that's we've, we've turned the, we've settled down on defense from, from before. So I was very happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to, to figure those things out. So all, all seems pretty well in, in, in Louisville city land at the and moment. But, as of um, right now, I mean, they're first, first in the central division. Um, and first in the East on points just overall. And mm-hmm. I think right now they are, uh, Phoenix has a game in hand, but as of right now, they're tied with Phoenix for yeah. points overall. So Phoenix very, has, they're sitting has, very good right now. Which I was looking at that Phoenix has like a huge goal differential, but have you looked at the teams they have in their little division? Yeah, that's see, this is why I, I don't like unbalanced schedules. And it's why I've always had trouble comparing. It's trash. They, West, they, they and play now that's made even trash. worse with all the divisions, but it's just, it's very hard to compare points when you're not playing the same teams. Great. Maybe it's my um, East coast bias, but I have the same thing about like college basketball, you know, like who the hell does Gonzaga ever play? They play nobody. Arizona, yeah. who they play? Nobody. They play each that's, other and that's about it. And are they both good? Maybe not. That's that, that is why I'm a, you play a balanced schedule. You got an overall winner. And then if you got multiple conferences or whatever, the winners of those just play each other for, yeah the way it should be so but anyway it's still still impressive to to be yeah to let's be control sit. what we can control and that yeah. means as we keep winning and that's what they've been doing as of late so yep uh, now we don't have any racing matches to talk about but we do have some racing subject matter that we did want to go over and i believe do we wanna, that you, you want to preview the colorado game real quick first i'm so rusty yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean just not a whole lot to talk about just just that we had we're playing the colorado on the 23rd it's at colorado am i correct yes and it's yeah. one of the few that is like not within our division and i'm really happy that they're doing that yeah i i like to see i mean especially right this year where you've got such tiny divisions everyone split up into that it's good to finally get to see some of these western conference teams that we don't get to play a lot mm-hmm. um colorado this season I think kind of similar to Tulsa, they they score a lot and also give up a lot of goals. So it, they're a very fun team for a neutral. I think mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, I would say, just advanced statistics. They're probably they probably done a little. They look a little better than Tulsa this season, but also it's everybody plays different teams, so it's hard to compare like that. So I, I think similar to Tulsa is probably now, the best. Is it that they are a little better than Tulsa, or is it? Haji Berry is better than Tulsa. Yeah, I was gonna gonna mention Haji Berry is the player to watch in this one. He is having a great season. I think he scored 13 goals and 12 appearances. That's insane. Uh, the so next far, highest goal a, score on their team has three three goals. Yes, and they have 23 goals total, and he scored 13 of them. So uh, he is definitely the player to watch in this matchup. He's he should be pretty familiar to people who have been following Louisville city um for a while he he's played for he played for orlando city two uh way back in 2016 through 18 that we played them a couple times uh and then he played in the western conference a little bit uh he played for ottawa back when they existed still um yeah rest in peace ottawa he played for north carolina back when they, they were still in the championship uh yeah, he's last two stints have not ended well for the team he's been on. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's been around. He is good. So that's we talked about the defense getting things together these last two games. I think this will be a good test of that. I think they'll definitely with Haji Berry, they'll have a a very talented individual player to try to keep in check. And it's the team has scored a lot overall. So I, I'm looking forward to to that test for the defense. Yeah. I love I love the matchups against fresh opponents. So this will this will be an enjoyable one, and uh, we'll get to see our team check out another venue, which they have a proper uh, proper stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Colorado Springs. It's it's a 
I, I think some people are making it a vacation. It's definitely like a good, if you wanted to pick like a travel destination away game, it's a good spot. Yeah, that would have been cool if I had thought ahead of it. I'm going to try to go to Memphis late in September. We'll see if I that happens. Want, I really wanted to do away at Portland for for racing this season, but the game was just too early in the year to, mm-hmm. to get anything planned. So I'm hoping next season we have a later in the season game against Portland away. I'd, I'd love to check out that stadium. It's pretty cool. Especially after the remodel. It looks nice. Yeah. So. All right. I skipped over the preview, but you caught me. Now we'll talk about racing. Now racing. Yeah. And I believe you had written an article that you want to discuss. Yeah, I guess. So I wanted to mention uh, it's in the athletic, I guess th- this past week, when you're listening to this, there, there was a, a very good bit of sort of investigative journalism um, just talking about um, behind the scenes with Manchester United women uh, this year. And I guess for some background, like, you know, when, when it was announced Louisville was getting an NBSL team, like I, I followed the league for several years and for like, for a long time now, like a big like pit of my stomach fear I've had um, is that like, you know, as of right now, the NWSL is the, the premier league for women's soccer in the, in the world. It's like the best players want to come play here. And I've always worried that as if Europe ever started to care about women's soccer anywhere near as much as they care about men's soccer, that, that, that advantage that we have is going to, a road very quickly just because of the resources that all of those teams will be able to put into their women's sides. Um, and, you know, that one of the things that, that, you know, worried me is when, you know, when Manchester United announced they were reforming a women's side a couple years ago, I was like, if, if Man City and Manchester United just start putting a fraction of the money they put in the men's team like that, we are not going to be able to, keep up with that unless we have some major reforms here um mm-hmm. but apparently i guess i was giving <laughs> too much credit that these the people running these teams would be like rational business actors and and forgot that like sexism is very very powerful force you mean and ed woodward so, isn't a good person yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so just this, the behind the scenes, it, it, it is, is apparently been quite the nightmare in, in Manchester United this, this past year specifically. Like the, with the facilities that the team has had to train on, um, they, they were talking about they, they've had to uh, change in like temporary changing rooms they set up into the, in the parking lot of the training facility. Um, and there, there are some quotes I guess from a couple of years ago about how Manchester United just had no interest in having a women's side because they don't consider that part of their core business competency or whatever, even though like it just makes sense to me, even if, you know, all things considered, just if you're putting this much money into these facilities, it is so cheap to just add a second team into the same facilities. Um, and it just makes much so much so much sense to do that, but apparently, like, yeah, that they mentioned that I guess because of the COVID protocols, you know, they had to s- split up locker room space, and so the Manchester United men's team were taking up all three locker rooms at the facility, um, which is why the the women's team and the youth team had to just like change in the parking lot, um, and so it. I, I am a little less concerned now about the disparity, um, especially given, I guess, if you want to maybe lead into this, uh, the with Louisville having the grand opening and doing all the videos they've had of their facility, they did it the way, it, I mean, I, I I give them a lot of credit because it, it, it is, it's, it's a very, it's very standout to just combine the facilities like this. Uh, but it, to, I mean, to me, that's just what makes rational business sense to do. But mm-hmm. it, it's, um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the the new the new Lynn Family Vision Lynn Lynn would, Training Lynn Center Lynn I, Lynn 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 Yeah, I would love. Yeah. By the way, props to the Lynn family for carrying <laughs> soccer in this in this town. 
they've been a been integral part. But to to your point about the training center, I had the I had the opportunity to tour it in person, and it's just fantastic. And one of the coolest features of it is that it's it's equal for both the men's and women's. Yeah, which is which the, is the way to do it. It just makes sense. So, I mean, it's it's a top class stadium and or, or training center for the team. Like, and it, there's even a quote by Michelle Bados. Like, she's been in this league for a long time, and she's like, "This is the first time I've you know felt like a true professional." Like, and that sucks that it took this long in her career to feel that way. But look around the league. Like, who yeah, was it? it? Uh, was it? like Washington spirit where they didn't even have like running water at their complex for the women's team. Like there's still a long way to go for the women's game, even in our country. But the fact that our team has dedicated. She played for Portland, who is one of the teams I would say I had always thought does the men's side, women's side thing. Well, so for, for her to say that having played there is a real big compliment. I mean, they get a lot of support, but from, from what I've heard, like it's, it's not as, I guess, pretty as it might look on the outside like yeah don't even have a dedicated like training area and stuff like the that fans so, maybe do a better job of yeah oh i mean yeah they definitely, the have, team they definitely have more support yeah. than pretty much anywhere else but like as far as like resources wise they they still have some opportunity from what i've been told yeah but with i mean with that said like we from the get-go we're investing resources in this team and we're going to make everything about this world class going to make this an attractive destination and pretty much everything they've said in those kind of veins have come true like that that training area is it's beautiful the resources that they have there the weight rooms the medical facilities like the locker rooms you guys seen the pictures with the cool like glowing uh pictures of all the players above their seats and stuff like that like it's awesome oh my favorite the cafeteria oh yeah they have some i mean they have some good quality food there for those players yeah it's outstanding it's awesome and so i i can't congratulate the team enough for how they've treated both of our teams particularly racing you know given you know, again the historical disparities that the the women's game has had like you know again like like we said like it's not just the man you problem we have it here stateside and we're hopefully on the cutting edge of hey maybe we should treat our women's team more equally well i mean and it just just economic like economies of scale wise like if you if you're running two teams together it it's so much cheaper to do one facility that they share per team than Mm -hmm. it is to like even if you are giving the women's team like lesser facilities it's more expensive to have two separate things than it is to have one combined thing yeah so they they did it right from the get-go and unfortunately there's probably still some places where the women's team is an afterthought or a secondary priority and i'm just really happy with our leadership group that they've they didn't make that decision to do that. Yeah. And I, I would like to hope that I think this is great. And I would like to see this become the norm rather than a standout. I, I, I think it will. I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably slower than we want see a, a turnaround and stuff like that. And again, I'm just happy that racing was on the cutting edge of it. And it's not one of those things where they're trying to like play catch up to be competitive with the other teams. Like we're making things competitive. We're making players want to come play here. We're, we're impressing. I would athletes. like to. Th- <laughs> I would like to think that you know theoretically, just throwing this out here, if there were anyone who like maybe had to deal with all of this in Manchester United, that if they saw facilities here, that would be pretty. I would think, um, pretty persuasive. That, that here would be a good place to play just theoretically i mean just look at some of the names we've brought in recently <laughs> yeah so um was there anything else you went to speak to on the on the training complex and well Man i mean sucking? you didn't cover the most important thing on the training complex which is that our our old man over 30 rec league on monday nights that plays out of the same facility now has water fountains and concession stands I forgot about that. We can now hydrate and get snacks. (laughs) We can now, yeah, we can now hydrate after we get spanked 12 to nothing by Luke's team. We're, we're working progress. Thankfully we don't have to play this specific season. Yeah. We're, we're going to climb the ranks and we're going to be one of Louisville's 
premier uh premier teams look i, I told you we gotta get we gotta get started early you gotta get you gotta get in george davis's ear that you know whenever whenever the day comes that he's gonna retire if he's looking for an over 30 league like does he want to be the fourth retired professional player on Luke's team that is steamrolling everyone in the league or does he want to really build up a team from the ground and let it make it his own tell you what i'm going to tweet at him every day till he either a joins us or b he blocks me we'll see what happens first i think he's going to join us i think i could be quite persuasive i mean he's a competitive guy he don't want to just be on the all-star team trouncing everybody he wants to he wants to build something that's his yeah we're a project (laughs) (laughs) complete liabilities with defense (laughs) hey we uh, haven't we haven't really we haven't seen the the bitten Alan Kelly uh, back line that I think everybody's been wanting to see. There's been some injury, some injury uh, troubles. It's I, I almost think, like we don't have a co- cohesive coaching vision. Yeah, but I think maybe everybody gets healthy. I think we put out our best back line out there we, with some games. I feel like I am a growing defender, and at the age of 31, I'm just about to hit my prime. It's coming. <laughs> I got to get, we got to get Coach, uh, Coach Cruz down to watch a few matches, and he may be like, that Newman kid, Zach, like these two, like we have a lot of players on our roster, but I think we could make room for them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just imagine that, you know, visualize. Oh, it. Even if I was going to ride the bench, I'd quit my, my day job in a heartbeat to, to be a professional athlete for a season. That'd be incredible. <laughs> you hear that, Danny? I'll sign the contract. You just put it in front of me. See, All the right. problem is, see, there's a very small age gap between us, but – I'm now at the point where I'm older than Danny, the head coach. So I think it's not in the cards, maybe. Hey, Pat McMahon's 34. Don't don't write yourself out. Make them I mean, tell you if know. we could get Pat on our team, I'd be all for that. But yeah, we're gonna I don't want to just... encourage Pat to retire because Pat is still our best transition defender. <laughs> as soon as we hear anything about any sort of retirements, we're we gotta we gotta hit their we gotta get Pat. Route. We gotta get Pat's ear, we gotta get <laughs> George Davis's ear. We'll eventually get so many players. Eventually, we won't actually get to play in our own game. <laughs> Might be a good problem to have. All right. Um, I do want to talk briefly on some some numbers for the team to date. I had published an article on the Beautiful Game Network, just kind of looking at some of the some of the high level metrics, shots, goals, points, things like that. I just kind of want to see how we're stacking up, not against the teams of this season, but also against teams of of years past. And if you just look at the visuals, it it can kind of look not great, but I think there's definitely some silver linings here. Um, my, my first visual, I'm comparing, you know, shots and goals per game on a per game basis and shot wise, we are pretty not great, but we are, we are punching a little bit above our weight class on the, on the goal scored per game. Yeah. Now, well, like and I am a big, City, Chicago. I'm a big, I mean, I'm an expected goals guy. So I'm mm. a big proponent of shots themselves are not, a super agree great statistic because where the shot is from is very important. Yeah. I probably should have put some, um, well, I do have some, um, probably put some more expected goal stuff in there, but I didn't, I just wanted to kind of see how we're stacking up under some of these like raw numbers and not so much predictive numbers. And, um, it's nice to see we're not the bottom in the, in the goal thing, which is the one that really matters shots. Again, like, I guess who cares? I mean, it takes shots to get goals, but, um, and the thing about all these numbers is, is that the best is yet to come. We just got Ebony. Nadia Nadim is going to be joining the fold. I mean, we've already seen the, the, the bump we've gotten getting Ebony in the fold. That's what we'll see with, with Nadia as well. Now we're going to have two world-class attackers in the mix. Those numbers are going to jump up. Um, oh, I did pull a thing for expected goals. Yeah, I just um, – I mean, our expected goals are kind of running in line with our actually score goals, which is probably what should happen. But what was interesting is jump ahead, if you look at goals against and expected goals against, there's kind of a divergence of those two numbers. The expected goals against cumulatively is a bit higher than the actual against. So I don't expect for that to those two numbers to continue you, to Michelle. diverge. Huh? I know, right? I'm going to do a piece on her <laughs> at some point. It's going to be Michelle Bedos, uh, God Among Mortals? Question mark. Um, <laughs> Because she's been outstanding. But yeah, like looking at the stuff against the shots against and goals against, again, 
we have like a lot of shots against us, like real high, even like compared to some of the historical numbers, but the goals against are much lower than, than what you would expect there. And I'm not going to call it a fluke. It's because we have, we did, I mean, what a, what a pickup by the team to get Michelle Betis in that expansion draft. I mean, I think part of the motivation there is what she brings off the pitch, but like on the pitch, even too, like, yeah, I mean, we discussed, we were, we were talking about, um, uh, Louisville city. We discussed goals added a little bit, but Mm -hmm. just for context, Miso Betos is 4.41 goals added from shot stopping alone already. That's it's only nine games in. Yeah, I'm going to dig into the numbers specifically on Michelle Betos so we can we can sing her praises. But so she's been a big part of that. And, you know, looking at a, at a point base, it's like we're trending pretty decently, especially if you look at my one that's the one visual on here. That's pretty messy, has all the teams historic. There's a lot of stuff on there, but we're I mean, we're, the expected points aren't there as much, but the actual points that we are earning, like I think the, the playoffs is a possibility for this team. It's certainly in the cards. It's going to be tough. And if we did do it, we, I mean, we would be the first expansion team. And I think you guys talked quite a bit on that in the last podcast that I, that I sat out on. Like, yeah, I I mentioned, I guess to recap last time, like the, the defense over the past five games has gotten noticeably better. um, And the, the offense has gotten slightly better, but not at the pace the defense is beginning better. So, Uh I will, I will retweet out my piece again. So for those people who are listening have not read it, you can take a look. And just remember as you're reading it and looking at some of these numbers and, and things that the best is yet to come. This team is only getting better. We're getting these, these new pieces that we're getting to the squad. They're integrating and they're getting better and they're helping elevate the game. So I'm excited to see what those numbers look like at the end of the season. That's the important one. Yeah. Yeah, we're only, what, like a third of the way through the season? Is that correct? Yeah, right at a third. We've played nine of 24. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how things are panned. I'm pretty happy with the squad. Again, the, how we judge this team shouldn't necessarily be their standings on the, on the table, but more so how the team is developing and how they're performing on there. Like, are they keeping things competitive? Are they looking good, even maybe in matches that they end up losing? And I think for the most part, we, we have looked good and performed well, all things considered. So um, I don't believe they play again until what, like the 25th? Let me pull my app and find out. They play Washington. um, 25th, that was correct. 25th, yeah. Washington Spirit, so a little Rodman gals team, which I think that's a doable doable Both of the other times they've played, Trini Rodman has been a nuisance for Louisville. So that that's the matchup to watch in this. Like she's pretty much done whatever she wanted the first two games. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, it's a winnable match. I think that they can, they can get it done. Like, I, I mean, you think back to like their first time we played them, like they ended up beating us like on a last minute goal, like heartbreaker. Right. So we will see. And I believe that match is home. Is that correct? Yep. It's home game. Oh, good. I always love getting to go to Lynn Family Stadium. I'm obsessed. You gotta give me one of those press passes. I don't hand them out. <laughs> Point you in the right direction. Can't promise anything. So. All right. Um, Zach, do you have anything else that you want to talk about about our fantastic little soccer scene? As we have covered all my notes. And we got all of mine as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for joining us on this Vamos Marauders podcast, episode four, maybe three for me. I am Benton Newman. You can find me on the Twitter at Purple SDF. I think I'm fun to follow. You should check me out. Zach, where can they find you? I am Zach Alley Kelly. They can find me on Twitter at Zach W Z A C H W Allen. Uh, and I am not fun to follow. I think you are. <laughs> Give yourself more credit than that. So, People, please be sure to check out my website, vamosmorales.com, hashtag shameless plug. And the state of Louisville, they're doing great things covering sports in the city. And I think you're going to see more and more soccer content on that website, which I think the people listening to this would enjoy. So, I'll throw more content. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, if you're interested in becoming like a writer or something like that, you should reach out to me. We need more 
just fan involvement and content. And I'm going to get on a monologue and in greater depth at a later point on this, but I, I've had fun doing what I'm doing, Zach. I hope you've had fun getting involved in the podcast game. It's fun just to talk about the team. Yeah, it's been fun. So there's always opportunities to get involved and channel your passions for the team. I might be a little too obsessed. This is how I channel it. More so than just watching. All right. I'm done rambling, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Go City, go racing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.